0: All right, so this morning, go to the back of your bulletin if you would, and you can see our topic for this morning's lesson. We are moving on to the next item in the doctrinal statement, which is this. At the top of your sheet is printed, we believe God to be the creator and sustainer of all things visible and invisible. We believe the universe and all that is therein to be held together By the word of his power. Now, you you would think that this statement would go without saying for a Christian church or a Christian organization. I mean, of course, we believe in creation, but, but ever since Darwin's theory of evolution that he postulated in the 1800s, Uh, The rationalism and the modernism that followed in so-called Christendom uh, has only uh, resulted in increasing attempts to synthesize what the Bible says about creation and what the world believes about evolution and put the two of them together. And here's what we're saying when we say that we believe God to be the creator and sustainer of all things, visible and invisible. We believe the universe and all that is therein to be held together by the word of his power. What we are saying by that is that we wholeheartedly reject the theories of evolution in favor of the clear biblical account of creation, the origin of the universe, And starting the middle of last year, we took at least 15 lessons studying the first two chapters of the book of Genesis. We placed a great deal of emphasis upon these truths, uh, but these truths would be difficult to overemphasize. And so it was a little bit tempting just to skip over this because we just covered it. In fact, we've covered these kinds of topics kind of over and over again uh, through the years. Uh, But really couldn't skip it. We've got to go back over this again at least for uh, one week together. And here's the reason. Back up for a second. What is the focus of this whole series of lessons? Why is it that we're um, paragraph by paragraph studying the doctrinal statement of the Bible Baptist Church? Because we've got to know what we believe and why we believe it because we can expect those beliefs to be challenged. If you believe in creation and you don't believe in evolution and you live in America in 2021 and you interact with human beings, you can expect to be challenged on that. If you go and you try to witness to people and you try to declare the gospel and you try to urge people to come to Jesus Christ, if you go and publicly stand and hold a scripture sign and pass out gospel tracts, if you involve yourself in any way in evangelism, you can expect this topic and this issue to come up and you would better have some answers ready. You had better know what you believe about creation. You would better know why you believe it. You better be able to defend it from the scripture and you better be able to use a little bit of science as well. And so we're going to review these things. For many of you, it'll it'll be just that. It'll be reviewed, maybe for some, a good introduction uh, to this topic and to these truths let's pray one more time and ask God to help us and then we'll look up some Bible references together father thank you for your word give us light give us understanding help us to see the importance of these matters from the scripture thank you for the faith you give us to believe thank you for the evidence you give us to support our faith help us Lord to be firm in our adherence to the truth and uh, God help us to be well able to Uh, To present these truths and articulate these truths and defend these truths to others. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In your notes, what you have is: in your notes, what you have are a dozen references, a dozen scripture references, and four applications. You will notice I did not give you the book for any of those references, I gave you chapter and verse. Um, You are going to fill in the book in which the the passage is found and many of them I'm sure you'll be able to figure out. Uh, Just the number of chapters is in a couple cases a really uh, good clue. But here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to mix Sunday school lesson time with a little bit of friendly competition between the guys and the girls. This morning we're going to do some sword drills. I need somebody to jump in that room and look on the cart for the Expo markers. Because I'm going to keep score on the board. Now, um, if you get... If you were the first to find the passage and you find the right passage... This was from Friday night, by the way. We had coins hidden in the back field, And I didn't want the kids playing back there before we started the activity. So I drew this scary little guy. To Trying to ward them off. I'm going to give a reference... You're going to find it in the Bible. Thank you, Christian. I appreciate your help. If you're the first person to find it in the Bible, I'm going to throw candy at you, and then I'm going to give your team a point. Dear, could you come up here and erase that and write boys versus girls, and then you can go back to your seat if you'd like, and I can keep score, or you can be Vanna White this morning, and you can... You have something to erase with? I do have something to erase with. Does anybody know who Vanna White is? Yes. Any Okay. All right, cool. We're not playing, what's that game? Wheel of Fortune, but that that would be fun. All right, so, sword's up. Go ahead and hold your Bible by the spine, right hand, by the spine, by the spine, right hand, left hand, I don't care, in one hand, by the spine. First reference is Genesis 1-1, go. Now, if you know it, you can quote it. Okay, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That is one for the guys. Christian, you get a stack of Mentos. Drop those in some Diet Coke. That'll be a lot of fun. All right. Now, Genesis 1-1. All right? Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, teach the verse, and then we'll go on to the next one. Here's how it's going to work. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I mean, everybody knows that verse. All of you could have stood up and quoted that verse. Here's what we need to state from that verse and take from that verse this morning Think about it and or look at it. Thanks, babe. It could not be stated any more clearly. How did the world get here? God put it here. Where did it all begin? It all began with God. Think about this. Science expresses the universe in five terms. Science expresses the universe in five terms. Time, space, matter, power, and motion. Time, space, matter, power, and motion. All of these found in the first two verses of Genesis 1. In the beginning, that's time. God created, that's power. The heaven, that's space. The earth, that's matter. And in verse 2, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and that's motion. Another thing that we need to know anytime we read Genesis one one is that the Bible takes God's existence for granted. In the beginning, God. The Bible never attempts to prove God's existence. The Bible never argues for the existence of God. Someone raise your hand and tell me why is that? Just in a in, in a brief statement, why does the Bible not argue for the existence of God? Emma, that looked like a, a raised hand. Okay, the Bible is our final authority. It's true. Romans 12: Every man has the measure of faith, that knowledge is put inside of each individual. At birth, Romans one nineteen, it is manifest inside of you. Romans one twenty, it is it is observable outside of you. It is something that is internal. It is something that is external. Everyone is born with an innate knowledge of God, a God consciousness, a conscience knowing right from wrong. We are born conscience. That's with knowledge, okay? So the Bible never argues for God's existence. It takes God's existence for granted because we already know that God exists. One must be educated out of that belief. One must profess himself to be wise in order to become a fool. The next verse, swords up, is, the next verse is Hebrews eleven three. go. If you know it give it a shot. Christian. Uh, yeah. oh, 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 Rebecca. Okay. Through faith, we understand the world's reframed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things catch, which do appear. So here, here, here's how we're going to work it from now on just begin reading when you stand or quoting when you stand sorry for that little bit of confusion okay so the things which are seen let's think about this together the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear so what does that mean it means the opposite is true it means the things you see were made of things which do not appear And there are two possibilities that we can take from this wording, and neither of which really invalidates the other. It's not an either or. These, these I believe, are both true. Okay, The things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You could think about that this way. Everything that you see is made up of things that you do not see. It's a very scientific statement because what is the... What is the smallest, uh, most minute uh, part of everything that you see? Matter, when you break it down, it it, it all consists of atoms, right? Everything you see is made of things that you don't see. But we can also look at Hebrews 11.3 this way. I believe this is more in line with the context and the statement of the verse. Everything that you see was made out of nothing. (laughs) You'll hear the term ex nihilo if I'm saying that properly. I'm not sure if I am or not. But God made everything out of nothing. That is, by definition, what creation actually is. Now, mankind can create in the sense that he starts with something and then forms it and fashions it and puts it together to become something else but that is not by definition creation creation is when you start with nothing and get something some scientists claim to have created life in a laboratory you know what they did they rearranged some proteins and some amino acids they they didn't create life they started with something and and did a little magic to come up with something else they didn't create nothing because to create, you've got to start with nothing and then get something, okay? And that's why Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. It does take faith to believe in creation, but no more faith than it takes to believe in evolution. No more faith than it takes to believe in in a big bang because it doesn't matter whether you believe that God created the heaven and the earth or you believe that stuff got together spun and exploded one day you've got to answer this fundamental question where would the stuff come from if you believe that all the matter in the universe was squished together into an infinitesimal dot smaller than a period on a page I'm quoting from the science test textbooks then you've got to explain to me where all that matter came from and what caused it to draw together and what made it spin and what made it explode and then what made life come from non-life and then what caused that life to evolve look they call it the theory of evolution because it is nothing more than a theory and not a very scientific one at that. What is science? Science is knowledge that is gained by observation and experimentation and no one has ever observed one species becoming another species. Scientists have postulated, scientists have hypothesized scientists have modeled the origins of the universe but nobody saw it nobody observed it nobody can can replicate it and so whatever position you take you have to take it by faith now we are intellectually honest enough to make that statement i believe that in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth Many so-called scientists are just intellectually dishonest. They, they try to present creation as religion and evolution as science. Evolution is just as religiously held as creation. It all comes down to a matter of belief because you've got to explain where matter came from to begin with. And if you're Richard Dawkins, you'll say, well, aliens planted life seeds on the earth. Where do the aliens come from? Where they get the seeds? Okay? doesn't matter how, 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 what you try to do. You've got to back up to the original question. What was the first uncaused cause? You believe in the beginning dirt. I'm going to believe in the beginning God. You're going to believe in the beginning chance. I'm going to believe in the beginning an all-wise, all-powerful creator. So it does take faith. This morning, we also need to understand from Hebrews eleven three 3, that faith is not a blind faith. Faith does not mean, faith does not exclude reason. Faith does not mean, I have no evidence, but I believe it anyway. Our faith in the God of creation is built upon very credible evidence, what we can observe what we can know what we can demonstrate it leads us to believe that in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth creation does not violate scientific law in the matter in the manner that evolution does there's all kinds of scientific laws that you break with a big bang or an evolutionary process and so the Bible and science, they are not in conflict. They are not in disagreement. We do have faith to believe in creation, but that faith is built on credible evidence. Next passage, swords up. Swords up. When you find it, stand and begin to read it. Unless you can just quote it to us, then stand and begin to quote it. It's the third passage right here. It is 1 Timothy 6, 19 and twenty. And a nice catch as well. So, oppositions of science, falsely so-called. We are supposed to avoid this. Now, here's the opposition that you can expect to face as a Bible-believing Christian who holds true the biblical doctrine of creation. Okay, science. So, I'm putting it in air quotes. So-called. Science. Why why am I doing this? Because we already defined science. It's something you know because you've observed it or demonstrated it by by observation and experimentation. And so what what they're going to contradict the Bible with is something they call science that isn't science. You can expect this to be challenged. Now, here's the reason that they use so-called science to oppose the scripture. We're going to get into this because if God is the creator, that means he gets to make the rules. If God is the creator, then that means we are accountable to him. And so mankind's solution to that problem, according to Romans 1, is to stifle the conscience, that thing that's with knowledge, stifle the conscience by pretending that God doesn't exist so if God doesn't exist then I'm not accountable to him but I have to do something to convince myself that God doesn't exist and so so-called science becomes the mechanism whereby men seek to pretend that God doesn't exist and we can expect this opposition to come and we got to be ready to face it. Now, going back to one of the principles of Hebrews 11.3, our next passage, swords up, it's two to one right now. Our next passage is Psalm 33, verse 6. Go! Great job, Emma. Here you go. And we are three for three on the catches. 2 to 2, Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. What did we read in Hebrews 11, 3? Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. Okay? So when God created the heaven and the earth in the six days of Genesis chapter 1, it was no physical exertion on his part. He didn't he didn't rest the 7th day because he was tired because he'd been working too hard. He rested the 7th day to set an example. So man would take a Sabbath rest. God just spoke the world into existence. The world were framed by the word of God, by the word of God. He said, "Let there be," and there was. And and we can see this in our very word universe universe that, that's two parts uni and verse uni meaning one single verse meaning something that is said or spoken so everything that exists is something that was said or spoken by god as a powerful voice those are powerful words as a powerful God who can speak the world into existence. Now, now, God can just say something. And there's the mountains, there's the trees, there's the grass, there's the river, there's the lake, there's the ocean, there's the birds, there's the whales, there's the creatures. God just spoke it all into existence. If God, let me just step aside this morning and ask a question. If God can just speak the word and cause all of that to happen, who who is it that's telling me God can't speak his words to man and have it recorded and preserved for us to read? If God has the power to do that, I don't doubt for a second that God has the power to do this. Praise the Lord. Our next passage is Colossians 1, 16 and 17 Colossians swords up Colossians 1, 16, 17 got to break the tie go created that are in heaven principalities <laughs> all things were created by him and give for all things and by him all Very good Michael this does not have any peanut butter whatsoever it's now three to two this is really the verse that provides the wording for the statement as it's found in our doctrinal statement Colossians 1:16 and 17 by him' were all things created visible and invisible think about that with me for just a second. There are things you can see right there are things you cannot see that do exist. God made all of them. Now, the things you can't see, there are a couple of different reasons. Number one, you might be blind. Number two, they might be microscopic, right? There, there, there are things that are floating around in here this morning, little germs that you cannot, little COVIDs, that you can't see with what they call the naked eye. You would need the assistance of a microscope, okay? God made those things, there are things you cannot see this morning because they are not part of the physical realm, and yet they are very much real, and God made those as well. If it exists in heaven or in earth or in hell, it exists because God made it. Colossians 1.16. Now, what God made... The Bible very clearly teaches he also sustains he is not sitting out in heaven this morning totally unconcerned totally detached he didn't just wind a big clock and then let it go no God is very active today in his creation it doesn't matter think about it this way and I'm sure you've come across this in science classes in high school or in college doesn't matter if you're studying something as minute as the human cell or if you're studying something as vast as astrophysics, the more you study science, the more things you're going to come across where scientists say, well, this is the way that this thing works, this is what these things do. We observe this, we know this, but we cannot explain why it behaves this way we can't explain why this happens we can't explain what causes the nucleus of the atom to behave the way that it does we can't explain what causes the stars, the nebula, and the galaxies, the planets to behave the way they do. They come up with all kinds of ideas. They come up with all kinds of models. They come up with all kinds of theories. 98% of the matter is dark matter or black holes. You know why they say that? Because they have no idea how it actually all works. And the answer from the Bible to all of those questions is God. <laughs> God, the Bible says in verse number 17, by him, all things consist. He's the one holding it all together, and one day he will cease to hold it all together. He spoke the word to have it created, and one day he's going to speak the word, and the elements are going to dissolve, and the earth is going to melt, and the heavens will pass away with a great noise. It didn't start with a big bang, but it's going to end with a big bang because one day God will cease to sustain the universe. But until then, he's holding it all together. Our next passage says the very same thing. Swords up, girls, you need this one. Here we go. It's Hebrews 1-3. We did 11-3 this time, 1-3. Hebrews 1-3, go! Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of this person upholding holding all things by the word of his power, when he has by himself hurt sat down, on the right hand of the majesty of High. okay there you go Christian I'm giving away my favorites first we start with the mints and then the dark chocolates Hebrews 1-3 the Bible says upholding all things by the word of his power so Colossians 1 said by him all things consist Hebrews 1 says he upholds all things again his word is very very powerful same topic new passage Old Testament this time. Swords up, and your verse is Nehemiah 9, 6. Go. Nehemiah 9, 6. Okay, it was gonna be Reese's, but not for Michael. 9 6 the bible says in nehemiah 9 6 thou preservest them all we, we've come across this principle of preservation recently in other topics god promised to preserve his word did he not what evidence did we point to that gives us the confidence god is able to preserve his word well, he, he said he's going to preserve my soul jude 1 2 we are preserved in jesus christ i can If I can trust God to keep me saved, to keep me pure, I can trust God to keep his word pure. Here's another line of thinking. If I can trust God to keep my soul, if I can trust God to keep his word, if I can trust God to keep the universe together, certainly he can do those other things. I really like this passage. You might be able to guess what book this one is found in. Yeah, we'll give you... Your point, guys, to take a commanding lead, and it it's 5 to 2 right now. Our next passage swords up Psalm 119, 90 and 91. Psalm 119, 90, 91. Go! Go! <laughs> Not sure how he got up that fast without cheating, but he did start reading first. So, Psalm 119, verse 91. Look at it if you're there. Here's here's the salient point from this verse. They continue this day according to thine ordinances. You sit in science class and you study the laws that govern the universe, right? The laws of motion. Remember that? Isaac Newton? Apple fallen is head. laws of motion. You've got the laws of physics, the laws of thermodynamics, there are the laws of mathematics, the laws of logic. This, this universe, it's just constructed and, and structured in a way that there are laws that govern life in this world, the way that things work. Why? There is no explanation for the existence of those laws. Under an evolutionary framework. The Big Bang cannot account for the fact that the world is put together in an orderly fashion. Where there are laws, there must be a lawgiver. And this world it operates in accord with laws that govern every part of life, and the reason for that is that God established those laws and the creation that he made in psalm 119 90 continues this day according to his ordinances in psalm 119 verse 91 okay we've got to just go ahead and finish this i'll just give you the last four passages Uh, girls it's hopeless anyway the best that you could do is tie revelation 411 fill that out revelation 411 psalm 33 8 psalm 33 8 jeremiah 32 17 jeremiah 32 17 and then jeremiah 51 15 through 17 you could abbreviate those bible books if you haven't figured that out yet Revelation 411, Psalm 33, 8, Jeremiah thirty two seventeen and fifty one fifteen through 17. Let me give you the four applications quickly. You can fill out your notes. Okay, so we believe God to be the creator and sustainer of all things, visible and visible. We believe the universe and all that is therein to be held together by the word of his power. What does that mean to my life today? Number one, fear God. Fear God. And this is really emphasized in Psalm 33 and verse 8 as well as our, our passage in Revelation. But God put us here. You're here because God put you here. He put you here on purpose. He meant to do it. He didn't make a mistake. He put you here on purpose, and the purpose that he has for your life does not have to do with your interests and your desires and your dreams and your goals and your ambitions. It's not about what you want out of life. God put you here for himself. He didn't put you here for you. He didn't put you here for us to all be impressed with how wonderful you are, though some of us are somewhat impressed with how wonderful you are. God put you here for himself. God, because he created you, because you're here because of him, God has a claim of ownership upon your life. You've got to understand that. You've got to to recognize that. You've got to acknowledge that. God has every right. Thou art worthy, relation 4. It means he deserves it. He is worth it. God has every right to tell us what to do and how to live, and it doesn't matter what we feel about it. It's just the way it is, and we're going to stand before him. So number one, fear God. Number two, please God. Number one, fear God. Number two, please God. The purpose of your existence, according to Revelation 4.11, thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure, They are and were created. So here's my question to you this morning. Are you going to attach your life to that purpose? Are you going to live a fulfilling life? The only way to live a fulfilling life is to fulfill the purpose for which your life exists. So the sooner you can just attach your life to the purpose of pleasing God, the more fulfilling your life will be. People searching everywhere for fulfillment and not finding it because they're not looking in the only place where it is if you ever played hide and seek or if you call it hide and go seek whichever one right somebody's hiding you're seeking you can never find them if you don't look where they're hiding <laughs> i love playing hide and seek with the kids i had the best hiding spot one time have you ever seen our closet where all our stuff is and then there's an air handler back there, and there's a curtain covering the ante. I got back there with the air handler behind the curtain. Nobody had any idea where I was. I was texting and taunting Lauren and the kids the whole time. It was great. But they weren't looking where I was, so they couldn't find me. And a lot of people looking for fulfillment, but they're not looking where it is, so they can't find it. Number three, depend on God's power. And Number four, trust God's wisdom. Number three, depend on God's power. Number four, trust God's wisdom. Jeremiah 32 says, if God created the world, he can do anything. Don't ever doubt God's power. If he's powerful enough to do that, there's nothing he can't do. And Jeremiah 51 says, look, if, if, if God is smart enough to put the universe together the way that he did, he's smart enough to tell you how to live. And he gave us instructions because he wants us to have the best life possible. It is very arrogant of us to reject God's instructions in favor of our own preferences because what we're saying by those actions is that we are smarter than God is. And that just is not true. So I'm happy. The Bible makes it very clear where we came from, where we're going, why we're here, Let's just go ahead and and get our lives in line with all that and be ready to answer those questions about about how we got here, why we're here. Let's stand up, be a witness for the Lord. Father, thank you for your word. God, help us to apply it to our hearts. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.